Fearless Narrative is the podcast where we spotlight amazing female entrepreneurs and artists who are changing the world today. Enjoy the show. Hi and welcome. This is Fearless Narratives and I am your host, Kia Miner. And I am your host, Cortland Jones. And today our guest is writer, speaker, podcaster, and self-worth advocate, Chelsea Austin, who believes in spreading positivity and bringing love and joy to as many individuals as possible while encouraging her audiences to do the same. She is the author of the book, Inexplicably Me, writer of the blog, The Girl with Five Names, and podcast host of Worthiness Warriors. Hi, Chelsea. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm so excited to chat with you both today. We are too. I haven't seen you in like what a year now. I think probably from from my first time doing a show as a guest was on your show. So I'm happy to have you on my show, on our show. Sorry, Kia. <laughs> okay. Love the synergy. It's been a while. I know it's been a while. Crazy. Time flies. <laughs> yes. So I know you started your career in real estate, right? And you didn't find joy in it anymore. And now you're changing the world, sharing your story and spreading love and awareness for the LGBTQ community. Can you take us through your journey and tell us how you've gotten to where you are today? Absolutely. So it's been a little bit a windy road, I think, which is normal. I think for any entrepreneur, I actually graduated in 2015 with a degree in theater and dance and thought I was going to go out and be an actress and life throws curveballs all the time. So I got home, decided, oh my goodness, I've, this is what I've known forever. This is what I love to do. And this is so not what I want to do professionally. And then while I was part-time auditioning, I started working for my family's real estate company part-time, which I'm very grateful for because it's how I met my husband, whom it was worth all the craziness that ensued in the five years I had in real estate because we got to work together. And that was incredible for our relationship and kind of how we grew as a couple. But Mm -hmm. after five years of almost daily panic attacks and feeling consistently overwhelmed, I I, I didn't realize that that's not just adulting. I thought, oh, this is just what adults must feel like. You must always feel like you have the weight of the world on your chest. Like this just must be hard. And then I would watch some of my other friends and I'd watch my family and think no one else is like unable to take a full breath in. And so there must be something going on that's not wrong with me, but wrong with the situation I'm in. So five years, I had a great, very successful career in real estate, which made it really hard to leave because financially I was very comfortable, but the way that my mental health was going, it it was not sustainable. So I put in my 365 day notice because I'm a girl that always has a plan. I don't do things without plans. And a part of that was also that my husband was in grad school at the time. So he would be able to take over the business once I left, but I wanted to make sure that he didn't have that stress until he graduated. So we kind of, it was a give and take. It's how relationships work. So I waited for him to graduate. And in the meantime, I started writing my manuscript, which was also his idea. I was thought, I'm not a writer. I don't know how to write things. I was terrible in school. I mean, I was, I was a good student. I was a good student, but I never thought of myself as a good writer. And I was criticized. My writing was often criticized. And so I thought, I don't know what I'm doing. I can't write a book. 
But then push came to shove and I thought, well, let me just try it. I need something else. And so I sat down, started writing. By the time I'd left real estate, I had a working manuscript, a draft of a manuscript and a blog that I started. And that was really what I left with. I was like, I have no idea what to go, where to go from here, but I'm happy. And I I sat down at my desk. I can remember on June 21st, 2020, because of course, you know, quit your job during a pandemic. That's what they say. I did that. <laughs> oh, I'm in good company for them. So, uh, so I sat down at my desk and went, what now? Okay. I have like six hours a day to journal and uh, no source of income. And, you know, thankfully I'd saved up over the time that I was in real estate. My husband was willing to support me throughout this process. So I'm very grateful and wildly privileged to have had that help from both him and my parents. So, you know, I give major props to them because a lot of this wouldn't be possible without them. So that is really kind of how I ended up here. I, I had this blog, this manuscript. Someone mentioned that it might be a good idea to start a podcast. So I did. I just took people's suggestions. And now it's two years later. My book's been published. My podcast has been out there for two years. Things are happening. I'm starting to get more and more speaking engagements. So it's been an exciting and and wild ride for sure. I'm so excited for you. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. That's such a great story. And and one of the things that I have to highlight, because it's it's I feel like it's still aligned with my own experience. I um and I and I also feel like a lot of times we're made to believe that even if that is our experience, we shouldn't share it because it means that we weren't able to do it on our own, right? Where you talked about being able to lean on your husband and being able to lean on your parents because it's hard, right? Like you're making a choice to do something that's totally your own and that's awesome. But I feel like, especially, I, I mean, for women, even harder for us to admit that or be comfortable with saying like, yeah, I'm here and I'm happy and this is great. And this is how I got here. You know, yes. like it's always like, no, I did this on my own. And that, you know, I, I made it work and I struggled with it. You know, it's like this, we put so much power into the struggle and the, and, and so much power into seeming like it was only us and all pulling up by our own bootstraps. And it's like, while I'm sure some of that is true, like, even if it isn't, it's still okay to admit like support is necessary, right? So like, I applaud you for that coming out immediately and often because that says a lot about where you're at and how comfortable you are and and like, just high five because it's so important. <laughs> Thank you. I think it is something that's really hard to admit. It doesn't feel easy to say I had help. And I would love to say that, yeah, I know it was no problem. I did it all by myself and I could do this. And it's a huge privilege to have that help. And I'm so grateful for it. But I also know that if it's going to allow me to get to where I need to go, why not lean on the people that I need to lean on and, and, and get there maybe a little bit faster, get a couple extra steps in, you know, in the mix. And it doesn't mean that we're not as valuable or worthy of the work that we get, but it is really hard to admit. It's not something I do easily. So thank you. That means a lot to me. Thank you. Yeah, I agree. I think that um, with me, I'm always afraid to ask for help most of the time. And I do a lot of things on my own being an entrepreneur. But even with this podcast, having Kia helping me with this was is amazing because I I didn't have 
I don't have a, a co-founder for, for my company, but having a co-host for this show really takes a lot of pressure off of me for many things. Like when I'm afraid to speak or I don't know how to move on with the conversation, you know, Kia's there to, to help me through it. And having that support just really makes a huge difference in like how I'm operating and functioning. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Yes. I, and, and you need a team. You need that. It's just a low, it's so lonely as an entrepreneur. I just yes. sit here in my little office all by myself all day. <laughs> you need friends and people. That's why I asked my dad co-host my podcast with me now, because I was like, this is not as fun alone. I want help. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. So I want to ask you about your dad. I know they are the main focus of your book and your life together is portrayed in there. So I want to know more about your connection with them. Yes, my adorable daddies. <laughs> but, and before I, I talk about them, they're wonderful. I will talk about them. But I just want to say, Cortland, you're one of the bravest people I know, because I remember when you came on my podcast, this was such a step and so nerve wracking for you. And I just, so I see you all <laughs> over the place now and you're just talking out there and, and, and out in front and speaking and that's nerve wracking for anyone. So just first of all, Please applaud yourself a little oh, bit. Thank, thank you, Chelsea. You. You're, You're welcome. Beating her over the head with that stuff. She's like, whatever, whatever, whatever. So thank you for saying it. It was my pleasure. <laughs> thank Sometimes you. Sometimes from an outside source. I get it. My husband, <laughs> I had that yesterday. Actually, my best friend has been in town from college and she was she was telling me like, you're just doing so great and you need to celebrate yourself. And I was like, thank you so much for saying that. And my husband's like, I say this to you every day. Like, Sorry, Whoops. baby. Yeah. <laughs> Whoopsie. Uh, but, <laughs> but, um, so my dads, they're adorable. They are, they've been together. They celebrated their 41st anniversary a couple weeks that. ago. So they're really, I mean, couple goals to the extreme for me, yeah. something they met on a blind date in 1982 oh. and have been together ever since they're pretty adorable. And they're so cute. They're so cute. <laughs> and 11 years into their relationship, they decided they wanted to have a child and they wanted it to be biologically related to both of them. And for them, adoption would have become an option if they couldn't make this happen. They're, they love the idea of adoption, but for them, it felt very important that I was biologically related to them. So they went out in search of a way to make this happen and kept it all in the family. So my aunt on my daddy's side was my egg donor. My dad was my sperm donor. So that was from two different sides. I know incest here. Um, some people get confused. <laughs> two different sides. Um, and then my dad's cousin carried me because I would have been my aunt's firstborn child. And that was a lot. That's and so now perfect. Yeah, it was it was perfect because it is kind of crazy when I look, I look like both of them if I stand between them and people often get confused. They're like, How you're adopted and you look like them. I'm like, well not adopted, but, um, that's, that's our story. And we're really, we are very close. My husband works for and with my daddy and my dad and I host a podcast together. My dad is also a writer. And, and so we, we spend a lot of time together. I'm an only child. So I'm very, very close to my dad's for sure. Oh, that's yeah. so beautiful. Oh, <laughs> They're pretty I'm like, cute. I'm going to cry. It's so nice. <laughs> that's so sweet. Oh, relationship goals i'm gonna have to uh uh get some get some tips from your from your dad's like so how do you not throw them out the window 
I mean, I won't lie. They've, they've had some knockdown drag outs in their, in their time, but in 41 years, I think that's just combat pay. <laughs> yes. I love that. <laughs> it just happens. So it's really, but they get so excited right now. They're actually, one of them is out of town and the other one's home. And my daddy called me this morning. He's like, I just miss your dad so much. I was like, you left Monday and it's Wednesday. Like, <laughs> So they're definitely, they're pretty cute. That's true, for sure. That's so good. Yeah. True love. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So how was it for you when you were growing up having two dads? I just want to know how your experience was in school with your friends or just in general. Absolutely. I, I was really, really blessed and lucky in the sense that I grew up in a very liberal part of our country. I grew up in Malibu, California. Nice. So we're all a little bit hippy dippy woo woo out here in Malibu. (laughs) And uh, I moved a whopping 20 minutes away to Los Angeles. So I think I was very lucky in the sense that my friends grew up with my parents being my parents and for them, it became the norm. That's, Oh, Chelsea just has two dads. And -and so-and-so has a mom and a dad. And it was, it really wasn't until we would get out of that bubble out of out of our little safe space that people would get a little weird or I'd be on the playground at you know out at, in Malibu but out on a playground with random people and a girl once looked at me I was probably four years old and she said where's your mom and I said well I don't have a mom and she said you either have a mom or she's dead and I don't know why I was so okay with this but I shrugged my shoulders and I was like she just doesn't get it it's okay like we'll find someone that does and So it was something I think because my parents also always phrased it in such a positive way that, you know, she, it's not that she doesn't have a mom, it's that she does have two dads. And so I would grew up really being so proud of my parents and they were so proud, you know, they're really kind of pioneers and 1982 was not easy. They didn't grow up. My daddy is 71. My dad is 66. They didn't grow up with role models. They didn't even know what the word gay was. That wasn't a thing when they were growing up and they were certainly bullied. So they grew up to become so proud of who they were in their relationship that I think I just kind of took that on. And that's not to say that we didn't go through very tough moments of adversity like when Proposition 8 passed in California, I was 15 and that banned gay marriage in the state of California. And I remembered thinking, wait, I I live here, but people know us here. How, how who, Who's voting against our family? And I t- started to take politics really personally. And so it was in moments like that or traveling, going out of the country and coming back and people asking for my birth certificate and thinking one of my parents was trying to abduct me, kind of crazy things that would happen that we traveled with all kinds of documents. And so definitely faced our moments of adversity. But overall, I have to say, I I was very, very lucky to have a hometown and a place where I felt really accepted and loved. That's amazing. My friend, who's also my former coworker, she has two moms and her experience growing up wasn't as peaceful she was actually kind of more of the on the defense in school kind of getting into fights because of kids bullying her or bullying her parents for their love you know and and putting the anger out on her and she recently got some closure because she had gone back home to her hometown and those kids or those adults now who bullied her as a child actually came up to her and apologized for the behavior in the past and 
I think that was really important and closure for her to have because it gave her more peace. So I'm happy that your experience wasn't as cruel as she had hers, you know, as a child. Definitely. I think that's something that is not common across the country. It depends on where you live, who you grew up with, even in different parts of LA or California, it would be a very different experience. And I got super lucky. Um, and I know for sure, there are so many people that struggle with a, facing a lot more adversity every single day. And there are definitely times where I felt like I needed to stand up for my dads and I, I can empathize with your friend because it's that feeling, these are my parents. Hold on. What are you saying? You know, it's a, I also think though, that both your friend and I probably grew up with a little bit of this two doors down from normal feeling. And I won't speak for them, but for me, you always feel a little bit outside of the box anyway. And so it's this cool thing that's kind of like a gift where you can be like, I'm different anyway. So like, who cares if I fit in? And you start to also advocate for anyone that's a little bit different and want uh, the world just to be a more accepting place because you can see how not accepting and not equitable and not equal our world is. And you have a really acute vision of that from a very young age. And so I think it's, it's, it can be such a challenge and bullying is no joke, but it can also be a gift in a way for sure. Yeah. I agree. Great point. That was a great point because to me, like, obviously my experience in terms of dealing with different scenarios comes down to my race, right? So when I think about being a, a little black girl growing up in the hood in New York, uh, well, not hood adjacent, I should say. <laughs> My family, they'd be Both like, enough. no, you were in the hood, right? <laughs> um, but, and and talking about like the specific um, phrase that you talked about wanting to be, see others that deserve or, or, or need your help. Like I very acutely remember like being a little kid and seeing like, and I was a small fry. Like I wasn't this big, big bulky kid. Like I was normal size, maybe even a little smaller. But like, let let somebody be in the hallway beating somebody up, and, uh, and my mom would always be like, "What? Like, who is that?" I'm like, "I don't know, but that's me." Yeah. <laughs> that's amazing! Oh my gosh, that's incredible! I love it. But it just it's like feels like that, you know. At that time, I didn't know where it came from, but you know, thinking about the way that we grew up and the things that we had seen and the situations that we had been put in for better or for worse, right? That that's in your fiber and yes. how it comes out how it manifests is sometimes in your control if you're you know when you get older or whatever but it's just interesting as soon as you started talking about it immediately brought me back to that moment which I can't tell you the last time I thought about that but I was like oh yeah that's so true how that happened yeah it's so interesting I love hearing from two people having such different experiences growing up at opposite ends of the country coming in from two different worlds it's like but we all know that feeling of if you've been and if you feel like you you're an outsider you don't fit in or someone's not being treated right you're very quick to be like hey hold on a second I love it I love small fry that's adorable <laughs> just picturing baby Kian in high school <laughs> yeah my head was probably the same size honestly, so. <laughs> that's amazing but I also feel for like as 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 you were saying Chelsea um when you're feeling different, you kind of want to advocate for those who are also, you know, different in, in their way. And 
with me in school every time I had there was a kid in my school who would stutter like I did they mostly did it they mostly had like a, a worse one than I did because I think I have a good fluency for most of my speech whereas others you know really stammer a lot and it's it's more noticeable but I was always so nice to those kids because I, I knew how it felt whereas everyone else in my class or, or my school were so mean to this kid or to these kids but they're always nice to me because I think again because I have more fluency and I'm I'm just a nice person. So I kind of just, I was always taught to be really kind. And I was always extra kind because I didn't want those kids to also tease me for being, for having my stutter and being different. Yeah. But it was just like hard to watch how mean these kids were to someone else who had the same th thing that I did, you know? But I was always the, the friend of the kid who was different, even if, if it was a kid who stuttered or a kid who like, I'm gonna say smell bad because kids are kids are mean. Okay, kids are mean in school. So I was always always friends with the kid that was different, and that kind of brought others to be nicer to those kids too, which I think was a part of my purpose. I wanted to bring more friends to the outsider so that they could all feel included. I've always said that I have this gift of bringing others together, and I think that maybe I have this stutter so I could be different to help others who are different too. That's amazing. And what a, what a beautiful reframe, right? A great way to say this is actually my gift, that this is yeah. actually a blessing in disguise because that's not a lot of people want to take the time to reframe that and go, okay, how can I make this part of the, the gift that I can give to the world? That's incredible. And you do, that's all you do. Bring people together in <laughs> business and personal everywhere, all in life. That's <laughs> true. Thank you. Okay, so that is part of the reason why I decided to actually start do, doing my own book. So I want to talk to you about your about your Yay! writing experience. So, okay, so you had, had your, your book published in what, 2021? 2022, actually. Oh, okay. So awesome. May of 2022, it came out. Yeah. Okay, so I want to I wanna know about your like process. I don't know how to ask the question really, but like I'm learning from my experience writing that I have to go through a lot of my past trauma that I kind of like hid down for so many years and to have it all kind of brought up is just painful. So I kind of want to, want to hear your, your take on it. Absolutely. To have a therapist on call, first of all, <laughs> highly recommend 10 out of 10 would recommend have someone or a friend or someone you can call because it is, it is very cathartic. It's mm -hmm. very writing a lot of these really challenging moments in my life reliving one of my parents going to prison, reliving my biological mom passing away was not easy. And, but, but afterwards it was kind of this beautiful release of like, oh, I can talk about it. And, and constantly my reminder of why I was doing this is like, if this helps one person, if one person feels a little less alone, then I've done my job. You know, if it doesn't matter, yes, would I love to be a best-selling author? Of course, like, come on, why would I have written a book? But if on a smaller scale, someone reads this and goes, oh my gosh, I resonate and I'm not alone. That's what kept me going. And I think that can be an amazing catalyst when you feel stuck, when you feel confused. Um, but I also think that the amazing the amazingness of starting to write a book is not editing yourself while you do it. So there's a lot of stuff that was on the cutting room floor that I initially had in the book. I started writing the book in 2018. 
So shortly after Trump had been elected, and I'm a pretty um, opinionated person when it comes to politics, and I was angry, and I was writing a lot of that anger down. And I'm not someone that gets into politics on my podcast or my book, really. I try to let everybody let live and let live, but I wrote this very aggressive first version of my book. And my husband read it, and he's like, baby, it's great. It's such a good job. If you want this to sell to other people, you have to tone it down. Like, I know you're angry. I know you're upset. I know there's a lot going on right now that you can't fix and you can't change and you're scared. But let's channel that into our conversations and channel that into your journal and then create something that can help change people's hearts and minds. And so I think the best thing I would say is write that first draft without editing yourself. Put down anything you think you want in there anything that's interesting to you. It doesn't matter if you think other people will find it interesting because then an editor is there to tell you, oh, people will not find this interesting. Take it out. (laughs) You know, and I think that's the blessing of editing. Mm -hmm. I've been through at this point, six different edits of my book. Before Mm -hmm. I sent it to the publisher, I had three different editors and that doesn't include my family that went through the book before it went to the editors. And then once it got to my publisher, my publisher sent it through three more edits. So that's kind of the blessing of editing is someone else can be there to say, you know what, this doesn't really fit. I don't know about this portion. And I wish I had some like beautiful, magical process, but I just, I was working full time at the time. So I sat down to write whenever I had a second, whether it was with my morning cup of coffee or when I came home from work in between random hours of the day. I don't know if this is answering any of your question at all, but okay, good. Okay. It's like, this is the most answer I've ever given. This must, this is what we'll call pregnancy brain. Um, (laughs) That's real. It is real. real. (laughs) Um, But that's kind of what I would just recommend is let yourself flow, go through the mode, put down anything you want and then, and then edit it later for sure. Okay. That's good advice. I've, I've already started. I've already written my first like 39 chapters, but I have to like actually go in and like cut it down because it's like already getting a little long, but um. I think that I've kind of been like, I've been writing it by hand and then having it typed up. So I've been kind of editing it while I'm like typing it up, you know, but in just like, like small tweaks just to kind of have it like sound a little bit, you know, less journal and more, you know, like whatever. But mm-hmm. um, there are just like parts that I'm almost afraid to put in because of my family and I'm worried they're going to like react in a way and I don't yes I haven't told them so like I'm was that a concern for you as well so I will say there are certain things I didn't put in the book to protect my family that Mm -hmm. I I thought this is not my story to share and Mm -hmm. I don't need to put this out there I'm really grateful that my immediate family was very open with me sharing everything. So my daddy being willing for me to talk about his prison experience, my dad, you know, being willing for me to be honest about their parenting, for me to really talk about who they are. That was such a blessing. But I do think there are things that, yes, that I just went, you know what, that's not the story for the world right now. Maybe it's a book later, but not right now. I will say there were people I was concerned about reading it. I didn't, I didn't know. I never sent them a copy until it was published. And then I went, if they they don't like it now, too late. Um, (laughs) Sucks for you. I mean, you have to really, I think, look at it and say, am I really trying to hurt someone or am I trying to share my experience to help someone else? Mm -hmm. And I think whatever the answer to that question is kind of helps you decide, does this stay in? Does this come out? 
okay, in this relationship, is it going to ruin my relationship with this person? And if it is, is it worth it? Right. So I think it's just always constantly weighing pros and cons of what to put in, what to keep out. And I, and I will say I'm, I try to be brutally honest in my writing and not hold anything back. But if there's something that would specifically hurt someone else, that's that I would try to avoid. Yeah. Got it. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't ever want to hurt anyone. So like, that's my concern as well. I, I just don't want to like, I just want to like leave parts out that I feel are important because I'm afraid of like how it's going to come off to that person. Cause it's, it's important to my story and why I'm, I am the way I am, you know? So those are, think, are what I'm weighing. I think that's important. Just also remember, you can always change names. There are yeah. names that are not in my, that are names in my book. Like, of course, my immediate family, you could find them on Instagram. If you know who I am, you're going to find them. Like, it's not that hard, but there are the other people, like the names of my childhood friends are all changed. The names of some diff- ma- many different people in my book have been changed to protect them. And I think that's a great way to kind of distance yourself to another thing highly recommend to put at the beginning of the book is a disclaimer that says this is a memoir and this is how the author remembers these experiences because your memory of them will be different than someone else's memory of them. Mm-hmm. But this is your experience and no one can tell you that your experience is not valid or not real. So I think putting that in as a caveat, it's like, look, see, like I'm saying, this is just what I experienced. I don't know if this is what you experienced. This is what I experienced. <laughs> yeah. Got it. Thank you for that. Of course. This yeah. Goes. I can Yes. That was like a mini writing workshop right there. <laughs> Got me over here. Maybe I'm like, maybe I need to, I need to jump on this book. Yes. 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 I, think every, I think everybody should tell their story because it will always help someone else. So, I you know, so, I'm all yeah. about it. I mean, I can't write fiction to save my life, but <laughs> memoir, I'm all about that. <laughs> well, in school, I was always told that I was an excellent writer. I don't know if that's true, but I was told by, by all of my teachers and everything. And I was encouraged, you know, to be an English major, but I was, I was I'm an artist. Go away. But, um, <laughs> but writing is art. I know, but I mean, like I'm, I'm a, you know, painter, drawer, designer art. It's not like a writer, you know, that's what I, that's what I meant. I'm sorry. Um, but, uh, I feel like it's time for me to actually like use my writing gifts as they call it, um, to like share my, stop Kia. Share my you're so annoying. I am humble. Let me alone. You can be humble and and own at the no. same time. Yes. You can. I, I can. I'm going to do that. Sorry. I feel what I was talking about, but moving on. Um, okay. <laughs> it's uh, time have... for you to totally harness and own your writing gift, period. Okay. This is exactly. about Chelsea. This is not about me. This is about Chelsea You're, today, okay? Listen, Excuse me. Listen. we, we let the conversation flow where it flows. (laughs) Absolutely. I agree. And you're ahead of me in that. Like I had teachers pulling me aside, trying to teach me how to write before I took the SAT, like, please learn how to write. And I still wrote a book and it turned out okay. So, you know, I think if you have a gift by all means, use it and own it and and love it because I wish I had that gift, but I don't. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So I'm really curious to know how would your dad describe you? Uh-oh. <laughs> well, it depends on which one you talk to. So <laughs> because my daddy, he makes me laugh. He's so sweet and and I'm very much for him his little girl. He and I'm his princess. I can do no wrong. If you talk to my dad, that's not true at all. <laughs> I can very much do wrong. <laughs> um 
how would my parents describe me? What a great and challenging question. Um, I They would probably say that I'm loving and a little bit goofy and very stubborn. I would not describe myself that way. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, determined would be my guess. I, this is a great, I'm going to ask him, I'm going to ask both of them after this. I'll get the honest answer from dad. Um, but I would say, yeah, determined, loving, stubborn. Um, yeah, I would hope a good daughter, (laughs) but yeah, I think that's how they would describe, describe me. I guess if I had to guess. Okay. So how would, would you describe them then? Oh, hilarious. Adorable very the best parents in the world very kind supportive they show up that is the thing they show up and I think for me that's for any parent what I strive that I hope I can do in the future for my children just show up and love them as they are that was my that was for me the thing growing up is that they loved me they didn't want me to be different they didn't ask me to change they didn't ask me to be interested in what they were interested in they were just interested in me and so I think they're just really all around awesome people and sometimes a little embarrassing oh all parents are (laughs) god yes hide under the table this is my dad's coming no i'm kidding (laughs) love you dad i know he'll listen to this because he listens to everything so (laughs) (laughs) growing up it's so funny you mentioned that growing up like my friends um you know, when you're trying to purposely embarrass your friends, regardless of what age you are, like we're talking elementary school all the way up to college, right? Yeah. And people always be like, wow, kid, like you're never face. I said, have you met my mother and father? <laughs> like they set the bar very high. <laughs> you're like, very try. high. I and dare you to try. Room, yes, I'm embarrassed. Somebody yeah. else, like you could, you never put a shine to what, like my, per- my favorite story, my sister had like a, 25th birthday 20 something birthday we were all of legal age at that point it was the first time that she invited both my parents my parents were not together um and weren't they were together maybe like three or four years of my life that I can remember so most of what I remember them being separated and like not really the best of friends um but as we got older they were tolerating each other in each other's presence right so this was the first time my sister was like cool, I'm going to invite mom and dad to my birthday party, including my friends, right? And there's six of us, so, and her siblings. So it's at this uh, Hotel Chantel in Brooklyn, wonderful little brunch spot. They do a little DJ stuff. It's like so cute. And so we're all sitting there and my mom shows up first, walks in, immediately starts dancing to the music before she even gets to the table, just starts dancing in like her little entrance, doing this, right? Everybody starts like hyping her up. So of course she's going even more, right? To the table. Our whole table's hyping because, you know, my my sister's friends love our parents. Like, how could you not hyper her up? So she literally does like a lap around the restaurant. We're coming to sit down, right? And we're like, yeah, that's my mom. Get it, mom. (laughs) 15 minutes later, my father walks in. God. Same exact thing. Oh and my we all God. look at each other and like, can you imagine what it would have been like to have this together our whole lives? <laughs> oh my God. The universe is looking out for us. They look <laughs> out for us. <laughs> that is too funny. Oh my, they're the same. That's crazy. Oh my gosh. 
Oh, that's amazing. What a great story, though. I love your parents. I think I need to meet them. They sound fun. I mean, I think we got to do a parent swap because I want to meet your parents. They sound amazing. They're 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 a hoot, that's for sure. Just um, <laughs> both of your parents are like my dad. My dad will uh dance into any room and that much to my chagrin, where I'm like, God, please stop. He'll sing too. I'm like, that stop singing. I mean, and he's a beautiful singer. Like Aww. he that's what his job used to be. And so now I'm like, but still, it's like, oh God, Dad, please, we're in public. You can stop after the first verse. That was enough. <laughs> Sing the whole song. Exactly. But it's be at least it's good at least it's not pitchy yeah, so, you yeah. Know, it's good. talent at least it's talent yeah. <laughs> exactly okay so I want to talk about your podcast okay so I was on your show as one of my first interviews I've ever done and on your show worthiness warriors we talked about my journey through finding out I had thyroid cancer and how that kind of pushed me into my entrepreneurial journey and your show's purpose is to talk up to your guests about finding their worth or can you tell us what your show is about? Because apparently I forgot. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> yes. So my podcast worthiness warriors is about self-worth. Self-worth has kind of been this thing that's followed me for my whole life. Not because I say that I'm an expert at knowing my self-worth, but I'm an expert at not knowing it and feeling not worthy and not valuable, which a lot of people look at me and go, how, when you grew up with parents that loved you so much and everything was so perfect, that there's a lot of stuff that goes on in life that, that, that can really chip away at your self-worth. And I've spent many, many years in therapy and with coaches and with family and friends trying to harness my self-worth and learn how to tap into it because it's like a muscle, right? So I always think it's fascinating to hear different people's stories about how they access their self-worth because we all do it so differently. And I think it's the amazing thing to watch for the listeners or anyone that comes into contact with it is there isn't one way. And we don't all just wake up and feel worthy. I mean, even the sign behind me says we define our worth because I need the reminder every day. I love that. And it's something that I've just spent a lot of time, especially in the past few years, trying to really harness that and then listen to everyone else's experiences and showing others that they can tap into it however they want to, whether it's through enjoyment and laughter and having fun or self-care or learning how to respect yourself or redefining your labels, redefining success, whatever that is. I think everyone has something they can share when it comes to that. And I think so many of us live without self-worth, sadly. I think we live with, some of us live with a lot of confidence. And that was me. Like I'm a very confident person, but I didn't necessarily have the self-worth to back it up until a few years ago. And so I projected this very confident persona. You know, I can talk to anyone, talk to a wall. I can come out in front of people, but there wasn't that inner feeling of I am enough. And I think that is what I wish everyone felt every day. And sadly, I do think a lot of people think, well, I've lived this long without self-worth. Why do I need it now? <laughs> but I think you don't realize the enjoyment, the the joy that you're missing out on, the peace. I mean, more than joy, the peace and grace that you can find when you have your self-worth. So I think that's my goal in a very long nutshell, not at all an elevator pitch of what my podcast is. Yeah. 
Well, that was really good because my my question asking was not you know off the par, <laughs> but your answer was great. <laughs> oh please, that was perfect. I knew what you were asking. It was all good. That to me, uh, I didn't know about the podcast. I did the research on your other wonderful endeavors, so it was lovely to get a long-winded answer to really dive into what it is because. Uh, and we've talked about this on our pa- podcast, Cortland and I, and then also privately. Um, that's something that I feel like has been a journey for me from as long as I can remember, but like an intentional journey in the last two years or so, because I lost my mom two years ago and that just, yeah. everything changed. And I was, and I feel exactly like what you, how you describe yourself is how I describe myself as well. Like, super confident person on the outside, but never necessarily made the connection to, you can be confident and still have self-worth issues, right? Like I, and I, and I feel like a lot of people don't realize that it's like, well, what's wrong with you? If you're confident, then like, you should be good, you know? (laughs) So I I love that you said that. And I, and I, and it, it feels so aligned to the journey that I'm currently on currently working through and talking about and sharing with um my lovely friend Cortland and 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 other people in my life that are important to me and help me work through it so I applaud you and thank you for doing that for other people that are listening but also you know that that come on to your podcast this is so important so important oh thank you thank you for your vulnerability and I'm so sorry for your loss when we lose someone close to us it is just gut-wrenching um to move forward from. So man, the fact that you're able to go, okay, now I want to work on my self-worth is huge and courageous. So you're awesome. I'll be your friend. If you ever want to talk about self-worth, give me a call. Thanks. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So Chelsea, I know that a lot of people, including myself, have kind of confused self-love with self-worth I know with you you talked about how they're different on your show before so can you tell us um, more about how they are different absolutely so I well they kind of the reason it's confusing is because they kind of blend together yeah but I think that self-love is something that we have a really easy time, not easy time, an easier time showing ourselves, right? Like, okay, if I do this, I am showing myself love. Whereas self-worth is this innate feeling, right? So something that you can do to show yourself love, I can take some time. I can let myself sleep in. I can take a bath. I can go for a walk. I can go see a movie I like, whatever it might be. I'm showing myself love, but the self-worth part of it is then I believe doing all of that without any guilt for what we're not doing, right? I'm going to go see a movie and not feel bad that I left my husband at home to take care of the dog. I'm going to go see this friend and not feel bad that maybe I got two hours less of work done because I'm worth that time. I'm worth refueling my tank. And so I think they really kind of are interconnected, but they're different in that you can show yourself acts of love and love yourself. And when you love yourself, you can bolster your self-worth, but the self-worth is knowing I don't need to prove to anyone that I am worthy or valuable. I just know it. It's an inherent kind of knowing. Does that make sense? Yes, at all? it does. Okay. Yeah. Thank yeah. you for that. Of course. I love talking about this stuff. I can do it all day. <laughs> 
I do, in fact. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think we're at the end of our show here. Um, Kia, is there anything else you want to ask before I? Okay. Um, so, is there any advice for our audience that you can share for those who are just getting started, either as an author, as an entrepreneur, as, as a host, a speaker, whatever you want to give out there? Totally. Keep going. It's not going to be beautiful every day. You can love what you do and still want a break. So take breaks, get rest. And I think surround yourself with your cheerleaders. You know, there's a difference between having an honest cheerleader that's going to show up and support you and say, yeah, maybe not that, you know, someone that's going to say that haircut is terrible, but I love you and I support you, you know, so get, get, get yourself <laughs> people that are going to support you in your endeavors and, and believe in you so that you can start to believe in yourself. Because once you believe in yourself, man, life is a beautiful thing and can, anything can happen, right? Anything's possible. So that's, that's my little nugget for today. That was perfect. <laughs> um, and lastly, how can our audience find you? Oh, goodness. You can find me on my website, chelseaaustin.com. There are two A's in the middle of there. So yes, you typed it correctly. And then on pretty much any platform, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Chelsea Austin, MDW, because I have so many names. Five names. Five girl names. With five names. That's me. <laughs> so you can find me at Chelsea Austin, MDW on any platform or my website, chelseaaustin.com. Yeah. Thank you, Chelsea. Thank, Thank you, Chelsea. you so much. Thank you. This has been such a delight. I so appreciate your time and, and getting to share a moment with you on your show today. So thank you. You're amazing. Thank you so much for joining us. <laughs> and that is a wrap. Fearless Narratives airs every Wednesday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and we will see you next week.